The following program contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. to listen to is part two of the two-part podcast that uh, we put up last week and I've got to apologize because the initial podcast ended up being about uh, almost three hours long and there was just too much to upload so I had the idea to break it into two parts fine no problem I did that but the first version that I uploaded Um, I forgot to put in the little intro portion where I explained that I had, in fact, broken up the podcast into two parts. So, I fixed that, but if you have the podcast set to download to your device as soon as it's uploaded, then you may have gotten the first version in which, after the intro, you just got about a minute and a half of just dead space, dead air. And then the podcast started up. And when you got to the end, it sort of abruptly ended. Uh, just kind of, the conversation kind of faded out. And that was it. So if you downloaded that first version where you didn't get the explanation that this was going to be a two-part episode, edition, then I apologize. But the good news is, part two is coming to you right about now. I'm well, let's talk about something uh, as we move on. Talking about listening yep. to it and hated it. Yep. Um, <laughs> after he figured out how to work his computer. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Nasir <laughs> dropped an album. What's it like? Six, seven tracks? Seven. Or eight. So seven? Yeah. You got you tell me Seven. Dre, what did you think of it? What do I think of it? Yeah. This is what I think of it. Hold on. Oh man, I wish I could play music. Um <laughs> The new Nas. 
what what I think of it is track number two. Cop shot the kid. That's what I think of it. That's it. Like that. That's all. Like that's that's it. I, there's nothing else for me on that. Like it's just I don't know. I expected more, and the only reason why I listened to it was because I knew you wanted to talk about it. So I listened to it like three or four times because it's so short. Yeah, it's like the whole mm-hmm. album. It's like the whole album is maybe like thirty minutes in mm-hmm. that. Um, but but that's the sound. The the standout song is "Cop Shot the Kid" for me, and I mean, it's it feels like it's a struggle. It feels like he could have done better, and if it wasn't for the main quote unquote producer of the album, it probably mm-hmm. could have been a better album. Dolphus, what'd you think? I've it's like you this, started man. with the side. I went, <laughs> you started I with went about ten years between <laughs> buying Nas projects. Uh-huh. Because after Illmatic, I was so disappointed with it was written. And then the emergence of Nas Escobar, I'm like, yo. I was I was yelling at him in my mind, like Obi-Wan yelling at Anakin. You were the chosen one. <laughs> Like, and you just threw it all away, right? And so I went a long time without buying his stuff. And then I started getting some of his stuff again, like 10 years later, because he kind of went through the the Nas Escobar, Big Willie Nas kind of phase, right? Mm-hmm. And Nas, when he's at his best, is a storyteller. Yep. When he's at his worst, it's him trying to find the formula to be what's hot in the streets. Mm. And when I think about what Ye can do, right? The good Kanye on production is the B album for Common, where he really helped to bring Common back, right? But I don't know if we're going to see that Kanye again. Like This dude has issues that are a lot bigger than the music that he makes. You know, when you out here in the MAGA hat with these dudes throwing up their little sign for white supremacy and using you as the butt of the joke, you have issues that run a lot deeper than the type of music you make. So what does that mean for Nas? If the production is trash, that's going to be a strike against the album. And then when you talk about, am I even checking for Nas at this point? No, like Dre talked about the the misogyny that comes with Drake, right? It's it goes to a deeper and worse level when it's being manifested in the form of verbal and physical violence, right? And so what we learned recently about his relationship and separation from Khalees, I'm like, oh man, nah, I can't even check for you like that anymore. Yeah, you know, like when you talk about Karis One, I can't check for him like that anymore because he's yeah. such a full-throated defense of Africa Bambata when Bambata was accused of um, molesting underage boys. And the point there is not about whether or not he's bisexual or gay. That's not the point. The point is you were having sex with people who were not at the age of consent and was and, using them to do 
what you wanted. You're taking advantage of kids who are actually underprivileged children. Right. The the type of children that are easily taken advantage of because people don't believe them or they don't have a sense that they can defend themselves, right? The same type of kids that Jerry Sandusky went after when he was the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Right. You know, and we're not kids. And I want to make sure the listeners understand we're not saying Nazi any of this. <laughs> we're talking about Africa being bought up. Right. Gotta, yeah. And so <laughs> so I can't I can't check for KRS one like I used to. I can't check for Bambata at all. And hearing the things that allegedly went down in the relationship, the marriage with Khalees, it's like, yeah, nah, I can't. So I'm not even really checking for this project because I look at him like, we we are in the decline. The career is ending. Yeah. Well, so one banger out of seven, you know, that's what gets you uh, released and put on waivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the, I definitely, because I have that on my list to get to those actual, the point you just brought up about the uh, domestic violence and all that. From the standpoint of the album, he's been chasing the ghost of Illmatic mm-hmm. since Illmatic dropped. And, I mean, that's got to be a tough thing I try to think about it in other contexts where your first project is one of the greatest projects in that genre to exist I don't know if that's happened with a first time director or in some other artistic endeavor but I mean he's definitely had that hanging over his head but with regard to this my first problem with it is that he simply well all right first thing technical so when you talk about cop shot the kid i want to i'm going to play something here my problem is that when i dabble in dj and one of the first things you learn is that when you're mixing songs you do not put vocals on top of vocals because it's too it causes too much uh, confusion to the listener and in multiple songs Kanye's beats have vocals in the chorus and it's not even the chorus just the beat and then Nas is rhyming on top of that which is horrible so let me bring up Cop Shot the Kid and I'll just jump Cop into it you know, alright you kids stop having so much fun move along Oh, they arrest me, you know, especially at night. They have a curfew, right? Niggas have to be home by 11, Negroes 12. And you be trying to get home, you know, doing your coup runs. They always catch you out in front of a store or something. Because you be taking shortcuts, right? Cops. Put your hands up, black boy. I don't wanna hurt nobody. We just came here to party. See a few dames, exchange some names. I'm a top shot, the kid stay in your lane. The cop shot the kid, same old same. Pour out a little liquor, champagne for pain. Slap boxing in the street. Crack the hygiene in the heat. So. I mean, without continuing to play the whole thing, that to me was immediately just distracting because that 
that part of the chorus is catchy. Cop shot, kid. Cop, cop shot, kid. And because it keeps playing, I keep repeating it, and I'm not hearing what he says. So I have to make a conscious effort to stop listening to Cop Shots Kid, Cop Shots Kid, Cop Shots Kid, and listen to Nas's rhyme. And, I mean, maybe it's me, but I know it's not me. It's a bad choice. And then on White Label, which I'll bring up here, they did the same thing. Let me see. Like, that was even worse. Like, am I... You guys hear what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's a poorly mixed record. Oh, my God. It's a poorly mixed record. Like, an entire album is poor. And I mean, I'm not a master at mixing or whatever, but I think it it's one of those things that kind of stuck out to me as well, was of like... Like the mixing of this record was kind of like I was like, why is it? Because one of the things I used to a Nas album to hear Nas's voice. Yeah, like that's why you listen to a Nas album. You well, want to hear Nas's, his lyrics and his voice, and you kind of lose it. You kind of lose his voice throughout the album. Yeah, and and it's earlier we were talking about when Nas is at his best, he's a storyteller. Yep. And when I think about some of the best storytellers in hip hop, right? They want beats to accompany the style and the delivery for that particular track so that you can get the message, right? Like, I remember hearing a story about Pimp C being furious with Andre 3000 for taking the drums out of International Players Anthem for his verse because Dre didn't like to be overpowered by the beat. He wanted you to hear him. Uh And so... Pimp C was furious about it and Bum B was like, but listen, man, um, it actually helps the track because when the drums come back for your verse, it's really going to hit. And so storyteller, you know, Andre 3000 wanted to be heard. And this is one of those where the production doesn't match the style of the MC. You talk about chasing Illmatic. Um, you work with some of the greatest hip hop producers of all time. You got Pete Rock, you got DJ Premier. You know, they're sampling things like obscure piano riffs on a Ahmad Jamal song and turning that into, you know, the world is yours. Um, so they, they understood their MC and they gave him things that work with his style. And this. I don't I don't I don't think Ye really put Nas in a position to excel. You gotta know your talent and you gotta know who you're making music for and try to bring out the best in that person. I felt like he did that for Common on the B album and he failed Nas on this one. But at the same time, I hear people talking about they love it, and I'm like, do you love Nas or do you love the product? Yeah, I mean, but I, I agree completely with what you're saying, and but 
that that song in particular, it's there was a Ghostface song years ago where he was rhyming over. Um, it was some old school R&B soul joint, and he was rhyming over it while the actual lyrics were playing, and it was it was interesting, but this was just too much because the song that Kanye was sampling actually launched into lyrics so now I'm hearing like I can go back and if my brain is sophisticated enough I can listen to either Nas's lyrics I can listen to the lyrics of the song Kanye sampled and then there's that other thing in the back hey yo hey yo it's too it's much. messy it, it, it's, it's, it's horrible yeah and so I don't know I don't know maybe Nas was telling a story maybe he wasn't telling a story but come on man when the thing is is over all this do it for me 52 ball versus the beat is moving me stumble through customs copping Cubans at the duty free laying on the most expensive that's a mess that's that's a mess now that wasn't as bad as the cop shot the kid yeah, I think because the cop, well, because the cop shot the kid, you start getting into that and you start repeating it. <laughs> There's different like reasons great. to ignore it. <laughs> right. But then the other thing that I noticed about the album is I don't know why Nas decided to make this album because he didn't feel like his heart was in it. It feels like when I wake up tomorrow, like, okay, got to go to work because I got to go to work. Not because, yeah, I got to go to work. Ah. I mean, you remember Marvin Gaye made a whole album for the divorce? Yeah, my dear. Here, my dear. And it was divorce money. Yeah. Like, you, you, you know, part of the story that preceded this album was from like April when Khalees came public with the toxic nature of their relationship. Right. And she was like, you know, we were both using heavy back then. There was alcohol, there were drugs, and our highs were high you know emotional and actual and our lows were really low and she was like, it was a toxic nasty relationship that was verbally and physically abusive right and that relationship is dissolved that marriage is dissolved but it did produce a child and their responsibility so the motivations could be more complex than let me get in the studio and bang out an album it could be something else um and sometimes people get in the booth and they get back to themselves and they put out a dope product. Other times they go through the motions, make some money, and then put that money to whatever purposes they needed it for. Sometimes people have expenses up to their level of income. Sometimes people have expenses because of dissolved relationships, children, what have you. Um, people got to pay their debts. They got to meet their payroll. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah, for the, for the album, I think that with the a remixing of some of the records, and I think and some and you know just cutting out some questionable lyrics that he put in here, I think it could be a good it could be it could have been a good album, but I think when you're working with somebody in Kanye, in his current mental form, and him believe in his own publicity of him being a genius, you're not going to get a good product. Mm-hmm. And the, like is, contrast this, and I know I, I hope we'll get to it, but contrast this project 
with the Black Thought Project. Right. And you're looking over my shoulder and you're reading my notes. <laughs> yeah, from 3,000 miles away. That is exactly, I mean, we're, we're in sync. Because that energy that Black Thought brought, he needs to sprinkle a little on Nas because, and it's funny because before the, the podcast started, we were just kind of talking, getting things together. You mentioned this song that is the song that I pulled up to make this exact point about the energy and the passion and the skill that uh, Black Thought is bringing on his project that he has out, an EP with Ninth Wonder. So I'm going to play the Black Thought verse on uh, this song, Making a Murderer. Out of space, the place that I'm parking in My marketing, when you see the sky darkening Rhyme artisan, from the crudest bipartisan High haters, a fifth grader, you're not smarter than Alpha and Omega, you betas, I march harder than Batteries, y'all ain't included, you're not part of it I just took a flight to France to cop cardigans at Lime Vine I'm that prime time, bougie wine time And I'm just trying to get it on till I die Am I wrong if I'm living like the laws don't apply? Making music out enough to know that boy's gonna fight It's disturbing when the murder Enjoys homicide, talented Mr. Trotter Squad, beyond qualified, multiplying a dollar sign. The grind is real, it's Palestine. My sidekick came from Columbine, that fly shit came from Saint Surprise, bitch, I never lived a false moment in time. Riddle me, what kind of omen am I? You know the slogan is right. I said a weapon should be chosen to fire. Only the ghetto Beethoven replied. The ninth wonder maker, thunderbreaker, send these toys to the undertaker. My pen smoking like a rude boy from Jamaica, while I'm erasing. Every fuck boy from the face of the earth What's up boys, time for you to get your weight up Yo, I probably began in the rip Valley in places, untraceable by Ram McNally took a cobblestone trolley Through a mercy street, alley to more Championship rings than John Sally Biochemically on par With Salvador Dali, I traveled to Tijuana And smack the federale Who packing avocado toast Like Mario Batali, I'm an ocean without a coast Going back to Cali, nigga Name some other body equally as ill Frequently I see the drama call me Cecil B. the mill. Not a chink up in the armor though, I'm lethally for real. People been telling me recently, Tariq, you need to chill. But picture that, the diplomat, pistol slap aristocrats. Any rapper coming for me, I'ma send a missile back. Not too many legends got a legacy that's disintact. That equipment I'm gripping, kept where the ammunition at. Sold my closer like a model to Bongo. While as the Democratic Republic of the Congo, I'm Hunter S. Thompson, doing it gonzo. A rapper winds up as a John Doe. I told niggas, 60 seconds to shine. Before my fold niggas I must be out of my mind with it Gold diggers Here come the general For the quad centennial I'm a non-millennial What I rep is the old niggas Let's meet at the crossroads of torsos Man I'm telling you I'm telling you Yes sir <laughs> Man Black thought Jeez man I had the ugly face for that entire thing. Right. Now, can you like, imagine was, being, at the, being at the show where he's performing that and you're sitting down like, yeah. <laughs> Bravo, this Tariq. The thing. Bravo. What set this up, though, was when he released that 10-minute freestyle. He was on Flex, right? Yeah. And that sort of was a the allow me to reintroduce myself moment, right? Mm-hmm. And... 
your man said I'm a rhyme artisan and that's exactly what he is right like there's a level of like when I go back to that that freestyle that wasn't wholly a freestyle but like if you write it out right like if you because my thing was I wanted to see a transcript of the freestyle when you write that thing out it's two thousand words yeah that's an eight page paper you know type double spaced that's an eight page paper he spit a eight page paper from memory right and told different stories within it switched up his cadence did all these different things right to show you his command his breath control everything else yeah and so that set up anticipation for what we didn't know was coming but hope we could get which right. is this project and when you look at the lyrics on this right he's all over the place but he's hitting you with dope lyrics and then he's he's educating you about things right like it's this is someone who never strayed from what he is at his core he just improved on it yeah and i definitely it's not that i took him for granted he was just so consistently good that i didn't give him i didn't have him in the proper place in my in my pantheon of MCs, but that will <laughs> never ever ever happen again because the passion like you feel it with Nas it feels like he's making a record for some other reason other than he really has a passion to make this record I don't know what he's doing but Black Thought, whew, man, all day, all day. And it's that was, funny. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Did you hear a project he had? This is years ago, and if you don't have it, I'll get it to you. Um, he did a side project, <laughs> Money Making Jam Boys. Yeah. I didn't that, hear that project. That was another one. It was like around the time when The Roots, uh, what was that? He Got Me or You Got Me? Mm-hmm. And they were kind of getting uh, a broader following, but they weren't. It was after Illadelph Half Life, and when they were kind of, you know, kind of not smoothing it out, but just appealing to a broader audience. And then he dropped this project, which reminds me of some of the stuff he's putting out now, where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm on the Tonight Show. I'm more well known, but don't forget, I'm still an MC, not to be tested. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's spectacular. So Nas, if you, if you can't bring any more heat and passion than that, then just hang it up. We still have Illmatic, and now you're problematic. So I remember, <laughs> oh, see, that's funny. I remember like maybe 10 years ago when people started talking about, and this was after um, when when folks started doing the hip hop honors mm-hmm. and the Roots were like the house band for the hip hop honors. And they were doing all these tribute performances and Thought was rocking it, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And Quest Love came out and wrote a piece and was like, yo, as much as people talk about Nas being the heir to rock him, it's black thought. And I don't think people took Questlove as seriously in that argument as they should have. But I think the developments since late 2017 are causing people to re-examine an argument that Quest made like a decade ago. Because yeah. that 10-minute freestyle got people buzzing. Like that was like the to me, that was the biggest thing that happened in hip hop that year because it was bananas and I really demanded to see a transcript and when you look at the transcript of it it's nuts the things that he was able to hit on like the from a technical perspective as an MC the breath control the rhyme styles all of that was insane right yep. but then you look at the content and the stories he told crazy crazy then you get this and it's concise but there's a lot to chew on yeah. and the the thing about it he's not rhyming like the 20 something year old dude we met on do you want more right this is grown man rap that still demonstrates technical skill passion commitment and all of that but he's hitting on mature adult themes he's talking about the things that men like us go through at this station in life not where we were as 20 somethings right and he's doing it in a way like listen young bucks um i got something to teach you if you're ready to hear it i can save you a lot of trouble if you're ready to listen well we take black thought for granted all the time and i you know i remember for a while people asked me my top five mts and i've constantly put at number five and i was like you know people like really i'm like yeah it's like we just take him for granted mm -hmm. um we take yeah. his lyrical skill for granted and i was like one of the key points that i that I, I was at work one day and we were watching one of those jimmy fallon how jimmy fallon does those things where him and the roots sing a song in the in the green room they like play little kids instruments mm -hmm. and so we consistently like at my job would watch these and every one of them Thought is kicking a different verse, and so when one of the verse, I think it was like the Christmas song or something. One of those, one of the songs, and I was like, "Holy shit, he killed that verse!" Like mm -hmm. it was like one of those things where you're like, "Yo, they're playing kitty kitty instruments," and thought just killed the, the sixteen like real mm -hmm. quick, <laughs> and it was to the point where I was just like, "Dog, you," I was like, "You, you gotta give it to him. You gotta like, I don't care. You have to give it to him." And listening to that song just now. It's the first time I, I heard him like fully tap back into the Kooji. He's using the Kooji rap cadence mm -hmm. in that song. And I was just like, oh, shit. He went like because every now and again, he'll play with somebody's cadence just to mm -hmm. like have fun. And as a rapper, like, you know, people catch on to that and like give him the props. And that one was the Kooji rap cadence, which is crazy. Because he, he, he also does it intentionally to pay homage, right? Right. Like right. if you go back to um, Boom. When he rocks it like Big Daddy Kane, he rocks it like Coogee Rap. And his point, one of the points he made on that album is like, rappers haven't shown loyalty yet. Cool Herc ain't never get a royalty check. Right. Like he's Crazy. trying to keep, he's, he's one of those people who is a curator of hip hop, of lyricism, of hip hop culture. And that comes out in, in the lyrics, right? 
But Thawne is also one of those dudes where the longevity. Yeah. Crazy. The longevity is is also noteworthy. Crazy. And to still have it, man, like he's he's one of them dudes, man, where you know, like there are certain ball players where you're like, you know, he could step out on the court right now and get one. Yeah. He's thought, like against Carter. Thought, thought right. <laughs> thought been nasty for a long time. Like you remember one the I think it was um Rising Down. They had Thought at 15. Yep. Where they had this tape of him at 15 spitting a verse. Crazy. And the the maturity, like you hear the youth in his voice. But the elements of who he would become are all there. Okay. Yeah, it's and all it's there. it's still superior to a lot of what you would hear now. This dude's been nasty for like 30 years. And I think this solo project is helping people to appreciate just how dope he's been and how dope he still is. Yeah, that's incredible. He's incredible. It's in heavy rotation, man. Like, this project is the truth. And again, the connection between the producer and the MC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They complemented each other. Yeah, I mean, Ninth Wonder is good for that. If you, the uh, projects he did with Merce are outstanding as well. Um, I don't know what Merce is doing. I saw him on, I think he's a, has a video show where he makes comments on this and that, but M-U-R-S, Merce and Ninth Wonder. Yeah. Had a couple albums early 2000s. That Money Making Jam Boys album was from 2011, and it was Black Thought, Dice Raw, Truck North, mm-hmm. and Porn, P-O-R-N, whatever. And it was the Prestige mixtape, and I'll get that uh, get that to you. But yeah, I want to hear that. With regard to Nas, it brings up this question of what do we do, like? I hear you when you say like now you know you find out these things not really checking for him like that and there's there's some you know there's two sides to a story but it's pretty clear that what his side was and what he did and uh physical verbal abuse and i know with bill cosby like i can't watch the cosby show like i just Mm -hmm. can't watch it um, and that was like everybody, you know, especially those first couple of seasons, part of my childhood, my favorite show, but I cannot, can't watch it. Um, big pun beat his wife and I've mm-hmm. got the, I've got the video and disgusting, disgusting individual as an artist, as an MC, incredibly talented. His first album is outstanding as an album. But what do we do with these things? I mean, Nas, uh, Illmatic is Illmatic. And New York State of Mind, one of my favorite songs ever. How do I approach it? What do I do? Um, the allegations against Russell Simmons. While he's not, it's not like I'm gonna not listen to the entire Def Jam catalog. <laughs> what do you do? I mean, 
Kanye didn't do anything criminal, but I'm not fucking with Kanye anymore. To hell with him. I, I have no patience or tolerance for anyone who takes positions in opposition to... Directly in opposition to the black community at large. And I know he's right. got issues going on and things, but... No, I don't... I, I don't have the patience. So the question is, how do you feel about these, you know, especially these albums that we have held in high regard? How do you feel about them now when they come up on your playlist or do you take them out of your playlist? How do you approach any of that? Like, I deleted a whole bunch of music from my Spotify playlists from different MCs that have been troublesome for some of the reasons discussed. Um, and it's not just bad politics, but like politics that injures people, right? Like this standing for Trump right now, that injures people. And so I'm like, yeah, you gotta go. Um, the physical abuse and stuff like that, yeah, you gotta go. Because if I take you out of my playlist, I'm taking spins away and, and that matters, right? Like that could hit, hit a pocket if it's right. done in mass so and then the other thing is you know i'm an educator and hip-hop comes up in the conversations and you have to contextualize people it's not that the people who are creatives who are making music are more emotionally politically morally flawed than the people who preceded them it's just we know more about them now and you can't know what people did or allegedly did if it hasn't been demonstrated in the court of law and then try to act like you're ignorant and didn't have knowledge of it like there was an interview that Khalees did with um hollywood unlocked and she mm -hmm. said there was a lot of mental and physical abuse in the relationship she said i had bruises all over my body it was really toxic like seven months pregnant i was terrified i was like i cannot bring a person into this i cannot control this i've got to get out and she said their relationship was really dark and she said we would fight i never just sat there did he hit me yeah she nodded did i hit him back yeah she nodded and she she said he would black out he would drink way too much there was a lot of stuff he may not remember uh we could have literally had the worst night ever and we wake up the next day and it's like it never happened so there's a lot that was wrong in that relationship right right and as a man i can't control what anyone says to me i can't control what anyone tries to do to me but i can control my actions and there are just failures here as a human being right as a husband as a father i'm like oh you got physically violent with a woman you said you loved who was pregnant with your child and when you talk about what do we do with that you have to look at these people for who they are. I don't need my creatives to be perfect, but I need you to not be an a-hole. And if you are, I can't rock with you. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about yet um, that we might talk about, the murder of Extension down in Florida. This is a dude who beat his girlfriend like savagely and who also beat a gay man for, he said, looking at him the wrong way yeah no i can't rock with you because it's misogynistic it's violent it's criminal it's homo antagonistic i can't rock with you 
because I'm not a, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a grown man. And if I see these flaws in you, I can't support you. I can't support your art. So what do you do, Dre? Um, it's tough, and and I, I agree of what a lot of what Adolphus said. It's 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 interesting. Like one one of the things, the way I I kind of figure out what I'm keeping or whatever, and a lot of it's like you know music saved to my phone, and it's you know how I feel when it plays. And so I haven't been able to play a Kanye song, and I haven't deleted Kanye yet, but I don't think it's going to stay in my phone long the same with um run the jewels like i can't listen to big mike now it just mm-hmm. it pains me to think that yo i thought you were a smarter person mm-hmm. than a person to allow yourself to get you know fooled wait, in a doing wait, wait. stuff <laughs> in the words of uh nate dog hold up wait what 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 big mike do he 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 did an interview on, on nra tv and oh, talking about right, right, right after the kids got shot in right. Florida, and uh, he's talking about right, oh, right people after need to arm themselves, and oh, you know, we, you know, in talking about all of these, like, oh, you know, uh, people have to have you know rights to guns, and I'm like, you allowed yourself to be placed in a position where you are in direct opposition of of common sense like i thought you were a smart person and you like so it's hard for me i can't i can't like in some of the running jewel songs i love and like when they come on they shuffle on i'm like no i can't listen. like uh, you, you're an idiot like i can't listen to that and so that's usually the, my, my marker and it's like other markers too like i just deleted all r kelly because he's just a fucking disgusting person like i just can't do it R. You know, Kelly's been dead to me for a long time, and the right. only place yeah, he's, he's had a trial is on the Boondocks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's he's been dead to me for a long. Like he was especially dead to me when I talked to somebody who was from Chicago and told me stories about him, like uh, you know, like driving around high school and stuff like that. When I heard those stories, I was like, oh, right. he's definitely gone. Um, but so when it comes to Kanye, I can't, I can't, I can't fuck with him. I just can't like, and I understand. Just like James said, I understand that you know there are there are mental issues, and he might be bipolar. I say might be because I haven't seen any paperwork. Unfortunately, right. I, I had to say it like that. Um, right. But I've seen people in this industry use mental issues as an excuse a lot of times. Right. I've seen people use it, and it's it's just it's foul. Right. But um, with him, like, you can't come out and say slavery is a choice and. And and regardless of what you think you meant, it affects real people. Like all of this, you know, backing Trump and allowing yourself to be used by Trump, like his wife, allowing yourself to be used. Real people's lives are affected by this. And you so, got real people co-signing on slavery was a choice, and every day they go to a crappy job that they hate. Exactly. Exactly. And so you know, I just I. I mean, when this whole Pusha T Drake thing started out, I was on Drake's side. And why was I on Drake's side? Because of that foul last cover of Pusha T's album. Yeah. Like, I couldn't cope. I couldn't go. I'm like, when you lose the moral high ground to Bobby Brown, (laughs) 
You done right. went low. Like you, like you just you pissed on Whitney Houston's grave, fam. Like it's 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 just foul. It's just foul. Like it's not necessary. And I I know it wasn't Pusha's decision. I know it came from Kanye. That oh, was all said. Kanye because we go back to New God Flow. He had that line about Whitney Houston drowning. Right, what? but they say. I mean, like I mentioned before, I hadn't thought about Pusha T ever. So now I'm looking up this thing. What the hell? So the cover of his album is... That's the, the bathroom the, from the, when Whitney Houston died. Had, well, no, no, that's the overdose bathroom. Oh, the, so oh she, yeah, that's the oh, so yeah, she, that's so the she had, so she, had, she had an overdose, and when the hot, when the, the EMTs came to take care of or whatever, somebody at the Bobby Brown's family or Whitney's family took a picture of her filthy, horrible bathroom because this was the condition that she was in and drugs and not cleaning up after herself. Took a picture of that and sold it to the National Enquirer. The National Enquirer company, their parent company, owns that picture. Yeah. So Kanye cool. paid eighty five thousand dollars to do yeah. up insane. He right. put up eighty five thousand of his own money to use that as a cover. And it's, they, they, you know, did some kind of, you know, squiggly line or some nonsense, whatever they did on it, and made that the cover. And I'm just like, I just felt like, yo, this is foul. Like, that's foul. It's not, people say, oh, well, she was on drugs and it was not when she first she died. And I'm just like, listen, all those excuses, you know, there's a billion excuses. You can wrap them all in the paper bag with some shit, put it somewhere. Right. Because it, because it didn't make any sense. Right. So when this whole Drake thing came out, I was just like, got him good like he got Pusha got his you know he got his slap on the hand he got the slap on the face because you you didn't when when Kanye called you the night because it happened the night before the album came out when Kanye called you and said this is the cover of your album you were supposed to say no don't do that that's not it that's not gonna happen but you sat back and let it go and that's the thing with Kanye people sit back and let it go they keep letting it go and when Jay-Z didn't let it go that's when they had their riff when people mm-hmm. don't let something go with Kanye, that's when they have the risk. There are not a lot of people in his life that are in a position to tell him no. And so you go back to the interview on TMZ. When he was up there talking about slavery as a choice and all of this and all of that, all of those other people sat there in shock and maybe even in disagreement, but they were silent except for that one brother. Yeah. Right. And when that one brother hit him with facts, Ye just sat up there and in that moment seemed to sober up. Right. Because he wasn't expecting someone to disagree with him so forcefully and to completely render his argument ridiculous and contemptible. You can tell when people are surrounded by yes men and women. And that's where he's at. And so, yeah, what do you support? It's like it the the work has to move me and make me feel something but it can't repulse me and then if i know all of these things about who you are as a human being it doesn't matter how beautiful your art is i'm still going to see that ugly human being and i'm like yeah nah i can't co-sign on this it's like how are you going to watch a roman polanski film knowing that he was running around messing with underage girls or woody allen or Woody Allen and, and you know, go back to most death. Enough people <laughs> don't talk about your boy molesting and marrying his stepdaughter. Right. 
you know, but I can't look at him like like somebody else, um, Mel Gibson. I can't oh. watch anything with Mel Gibson after that phone call where he went off on his ex because of what she had on. Talk about, well, I hope you don't go out where you're going to go out and get raped by a pack of N-words. I'm like, nah, you're dead to me, too. So right. you can't be that uglier human being and expect for me to take my hard-earned money and support and promote you. Nah, that's not happening. Because it's how it makes you feel. Like, that's the thing. It right. goes back to how it makes you feel. Like, if, if you're okay with it, cool. But it, does, it doesn't sit well with my soul. Like, and, and, you know, I want Kanye to get whatever help he needs. But I, the people who are working with him at this point, I'm like, what kind of sucker are you? You're right. a sucker. What kind of sucker are you? A lot of people want to eat. They, you know, people do any, some people will do anything for money. And right. they will bend themselves frontwards or backwards as long as the checks keep coming or the direct deposit is. And that's why Pusha had to go on this whole round robin of interviews and saying how much he disagrees with them. And how many times he had to tell them, though, this ain't the way. And, you know, John Legend coming and his wife is coming out saying, you know, they text messages him. J. Cole talked to him for four hours. And T.I. had this long interview with him. And, you know, this, that's why people are coming out, because they know that standing next to him is toxic. Well, but see, but even with John Legend, right? John Legend sent him a private text message like, yay, what's going on with you, right? Like, that wasn't intended for the public. Kanye put the screen caps out. Right. John Legend was trying to reach out to him as as one person to another, reach out to him as a friend, like, yo, you you need to fall back. And he put that private conversation out on Front Street. And that's telling you dude's not right. It's uh, like the Nas thing. I hadn't thought about Nas in years. And when I saw the <laughs> album came out, because now, you know, music and music is one of a number of forms of entertainment that's free now. So <laughs> I had to search around to see where I could hear the album. And that's when I came up on an article that was like, why isn't Nas's uh, abuse being talked about? And that was the first time I'd heard up about it. And so I read some articles and then saw the video uh, with the interview. And and then I listened to the album and it's like, yeah, like that this should be coming up, especially especially at this moment in time. And uh, right. I had in my notes here. I wrote down old rappers can't get away with the same blatant contradictions we expect more uh. and uh, so in the instance of this album it's easy for me to say yeah well one I don't like it uh, so it's easier to dismiss but with Illmatic like I could lie and say I'm going to take Illmatic off my iPod but I'm not and if I'm listening to Rock the Bells or something, an Illmatic song is going to come on. And the question is, I'm wondering how I'll feel about it. The Cosby Show, I can't... The Cosby Show is meant to elicit laughter. And I can't laugh knowing what Bill Cosby did to those women. Yeah. Illmatic, or even Big Pun's first album, aren't meant to elicit that type of response so I'm curious how you know 
what I'm going to feel and how I'm going to react when I, you know, when the songs pop up on my, uh, in my, uh, playlist. So, I'll have to, I'll have to report back because my, my position is, for years has been that Big Pun is disgusting. Uh, yeah. His own son has said so. Like, when your own son becomes an MC and puts out music putting you on blast, oh, the really? failures are apparent. Really? Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's a tough thing, but I guess, you know, as uh, an adult, you know, these are issues that we definitely have to uh, grapple with and address because as a matter of fact in the last podcast we did I was going on some rant about mumble rappers and I couldn't figure out I was trying to pronounce that kid's name I didn't know XXX and I yeah, could extension. I yeah. and um, well, now he's I, dead yeah, I've, I've also heard like a different pronunciation I've heard because I guess he was Hispanic so it was Tentacion people said that mm-hmm. as a, like Extentacion or whatever so that means yeah. you know just to, to save you James from where yeah I mean it's, it's it, like you said I mean I hadn't thought about him since that podcast and then I saw um, the news and was looking at it and then I saw the stuff that Adolphus brought up about the uh the violence and just the uh, massage it's just come on people come on but but uh, this is the thing that and i'm gonna bring it up because i have to and I, I, I was thinking about this whole slippery slope as they say mm-hmm. of you know our performers and their past and their demons and you know you know how do you know how do we feel when we listen to shows the marvin gay today Mm-hmm. And we know, you know, Marvin Gaye, you know, used to hit his mother, and like, they, you know, there mm-hmm. were all there were all of these issues with him. And I mean, Tupac, when he died, he was on bail mm-hmm. from sexual assault case, mm-hmm. and that sexual assault case is disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, it's just, you know, when people say whether or not, you know, I don't even get into it, but. It's one of those things where you know we start we start thinking about these horrible failures by people and they're all men mm-hmm. <laughs> horrible failures by all of these men who we love their music or we appreciate their art and you know whether or not we stand for it or how does it make us feel when we hear it or whatever you know i wasn't I, no i mean it's no secret to most people who know me. I was not a fan of Tupac when he passed away. Right. I was not just because I, I mean, I knew he could do better mm-hmm. as a person. I thought he could do better, mm-hmm. and heard heard stories of him doing worse, and was mm-hmm. like, and people were like, "Yo, he's wilding," and so mm-hmm. it's one of those ideas of you know when do we, and how I know how do we you know come to grips with this idea of you know do you throw out the entire artist? Do you throw out? Uh, you know their discography. Do you keep some songs? How does it make you feel um, listening to them? And you know, it's crazy. Now, see, for me, it's like <sighs> we have to, at some point, demand more of people, right? Uh-huh. 
because if we don't, we're essentially saying that it's okay to be abusive toward women in general and black women most especially. Right. As long as you make good music. It's okay to be a deadbeat father and to not support your children so long as you could put up 25 and 15 every night. We'll, we'll love you. Um, there was a candidate in my congressional district who it was learned 40 years ago was awfully abusive to his now ex-wife. And that was what precipitated their divorce. And this was known, but he never shared it with anyone. And then later it came out like he ran in 2017 in a special election, lost a close race. People were really hopeful that he could win this coming November and, and you know, defeat the guy that beat him the last time around. And people like were really devastated to learn that he had this domestic violence thing and never acknowledged it. And his argument was, that was a long time ago. I'm a different person now. And it's like, you could have said that ahead of all of this, right? So, for example, if you look at Barack Obama's first book, in his first book, he talked about how he was a weed head back in the day and how he experimented with other things, harder things, including cocaine. But then he got clean and gave that stuff up. Right. He talked about his own evolution and growth. And that's what we're not seeing from some of these dudes. It's not just that they did it you know, years ago. They're still doing it. And so if you're a 20-year-old kid or a 16-year-old kid and you're listening to Illmatic and it's moving you, fine. We're not children. I'm a grown man raising children. And I can't turn a blind eye to things that are serious character flaws in human beings because I'm not going to let that pollute my mind and I'm certainly not going to let it pollute my daughter or my son's mind but so yeah I, I do I do feel what Dre is saying about the slippery slope but there's a you have you know I, I feel like Huey Freeman what happened to standards <laughs> what happened to bare minimums is it too much to ask the people at a bare minimum to be a decent human being? But here's the thing. How do we... So... Let's say your kid, when your kids get older, they're listening to hip-hop and you say, oh, well... Dad, what are your what are your top five hip hop albums of all time? And I'm assuming that Illmatic would be in there. Do you bring that up and then also tell them about then lead into the problems with Nas as an individual? Oh, absolutely. It's the same so way that it? I teach my my students about MLK. Okay. When I'm teaching my students about MLK, I'm like, yeah, he was this important figure in the movement. But one, the movement was happening before he ever emerged and it was being organized and led by black women. Two, he had his own demons. The FBI sent a letter to his house written as if it came from an actual black person suggesting that he ought to kill himself 
because he's a fraud and if he didn't he would be exposed and what were they threatening to expose him about cheating on his wife and i said that letter made it to his house but he wasn't the first person to get it coretta got it first right and i'm like yeah and because of all the fbi surveillance we know that he was cheating on coretta that he was color struck and all of this and all of that and i'm like these things don't diminish his achievements but they contextualize him he was a human being he was flawed if you're going to deal with the person you got to deal with the whole person so if i'm talking to my children about hip-hop i could say yeah this was a great piece of art but let me tell you something about the person that made it why this person was flawed and why you can't get enamored by the art put this person on a pedestal and then get disappointed when you find out who they really were right and then, and my question is um because definitely we have to think of all these people as whole people but my question will always be is a where and where is there room for growth and you know remorse so and i mean i haven't seen any growth or remorse from nas like i don't even think he's addressed what Khaleesi said when malcolm x was 23 he was in prison for breaking and entering had been a drug dealer had been a drug user and was about to descend further into his own personal hell right right by the time he was 39 years old he was a completely different man right Nas is north of 40 right hasn't hasn't dealt with it I think in a satisfactory way right so I mean I mean I don't know he hasn't dealt with it publicly I don't know if I don't know if they've seen therapy or what like I don't know how that all came out but that's that's my thing is like is there will there be space for some of this not for R. Kelly fuck him but I'm just wondering for some of this other stuff people who can correct themselves do we give them that chance will I ever give Big Mike a shot again I mean I guess that'd be something we'd have to consider after they make an effort <laughs> right that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. they, have to make, they have to make an effort like nonsense to make an effort but again I, I understand all that. I understand that when he comes up in the discussion explaining where he's problematic and that he created this piece of art. So, but I would be lying if I said I'm not going to, I wouldn't listen to Illmatic again. And I don't know what, uh, perhaps uh, in my mind, what Bill Cosby did and the, like, I can't, I can't look at whether it's Fat Albert, whether it's the Cosby show, whatever it is that he had his hands in, I can't enjoy it without thinking about what he did. And perhaps uh, I don't I don't know what the disconnect is. Because well, maybe you feel a deeper sense of betrayal. Perhaps. Per, perhaps that's it. Maybe because they're more victims. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it, there's definitely there's definitely something there and some reason, and that's not excusing what uh, Nas is accused of doing. But yeah, Bill but also, Cosby. That that Bill Cosby, like, was it hurt? Like, what the fuck? Well, but here's the other thing with Bill Cosby, though. Bill Cosby started pulpitting and adopting this morally superior stance over working class and low income black people and how they spoke, 
how they raise their children, how they prioritize their spending, all these other things, right? And the He's reason the king of respectability politics. Yes. And the reason people could stomach that criticism from Cosby and even Obama, because some of Obama's criticisms of black people are right in line with Bill Cosby's, was that, well, it's coming from a position of love because this is someone that's worked hard for the black community in his lifetime. And then you find out that he was out here drugging and raping women. And it's like, how are you going to get up here and project yourself as a moral authority when you are, in fact, morally bankrupt and criminal? And so that's why a lot of that anger came at Cosby. Nas never put himself up here as this paradigm of virtue. Right. Yeah. Cosby did. Yeah, I never held Nas in any esteem (laughs) or regard beyond the fact that he created Illmatic. And so, (laughs) I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't have a lifelong in, I guess I was in eighth grade and my math teacher seventh or eighth grade she would not give us homework on thursday nights specifically Mm -hmm. so we could go home and watch the cosby show so we weren't bothered trying to learn math we could watch the cosby show bill cosby got me out of math homework and that motherfucker oh piece of shit damn before for you know just Drake earlier mentioned respectability politics the Cosby show gave people a view into black life that a lot of people didn't know existed. That you could have these second and third generation black doctors and lawyers living in solid middle class or upper middle class neighborhoods and, you know, cultivating bourgeois interests in their children and all this other kind of stuff, right? Black people knew there were families like that. But some black people did. And he gave people that window, right? And so for those reasons, he's still beloved. Like there are people, there are black people who legitimately believe that all of this was a conspiracy because Bill Cosby was about to buy NBC. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> you know, and, and this is the hill they want to die on. Yeah. Th- these are the same people. They fight for Bill Cosby. They fight for R. Kelly. They fight for Chris Brown. They'll fight for Nas because they believe black manhood is under assault. And I'm like, yo, if you're standing, if you're standing for these type of black men, you're not standing for black women. You're not standing for black queer people. And it's like, yo, how can you as a thinking adult adopt this position? In fact, like Cliff Huxtable was a character. Yeah. He was a character on a show. He's not a real person. He's an idea. Yeah. Bill Cosby's a convicted rapist. Right. And I would get hyped when the brown hornet would be on Fat Albert. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the brown hornet. Damn. Brown hornet, what we gonna do? Oh no! <laughs> Oh man, oh man. See, this is why you have to, you know, these are the discussions you're not getting on the Young Boy podcast, the Young Boy Hip Hop podcast. Meanwhile, the Brown Hornet was slipping people quaaludes. <laughs> oh God. Damn. Dude, Damn. Meth- and, and then, and then I'm, I'm, I'm looking at other people like, yo, who was his supplier? Who enabled him? Who helped him to cover the tracks? Who brought him women? Who took them away? Who, who else is implicated in all of this? Yeah, you don't do all of that oh, solo. He's, 
his agents, his lawyers, all of them. Right, you had a network, you had an operation. Yeah. Man. You had a machine. Wealth and privilege. Right. And, privilege, yeah. and the word on the street is Camille about to divorce him. That's the word on the street. I mean, <laughs> oh, now? <laughs> Please. She might as denial, well just stay in there. Man. Denial ain't just a river in Egypt. Please. She's going she's gonna now I'm gonna now I've had enough. Like what was the final straw? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Man, Relationships just... are complex, man. Oh, you ain't telling me nothing. The only one I know <laughs> well is my own. Relationships are complex. People are complex. And when you talk about domestic violence situations, um, shaky relationship situations. There, there, there are things that go on inside those things that might make it difficult for people to leave even if they want to. There are entanglements. So, yeah. But I won't even, I won't when, even pass judgment on her for why she waited so long because I don't know. When 40 Until or she 50 says women, so, I don't know. When 40 or 50 women come out and say, you know, I don't know. But that could be a deal breaker. <laughs> maybe. Jeez. That could be a deal breaker. It's rough. But um damn. Well, I appreciate y'all staying up extra late. I got through well, you know what? On this thing, cause uh I had on here that Spotify, they tried for like about five minutes to try and deal with uh remove artists that were problematic. But they realized like, yeah, that's not real we're not gonna have a service left if we start getting rid of people <laughs> right mm-hmm. because like, the list is very long yeah because they thought like r kelly like okay yeah we can agree on r kelly but then you start bringing up like white rock and roll people who did whatever the hell they did and so you know i think they just rescinded that i don't know if r kelly's back on there or not but i could care less because to hell with him um mm. Jay Z and you, you, you underestimating how much people love R. Kelly. <laughs> oh man, when I was back at the newspaper, that was when the thing broke, and we were sent uh, the video because back when he was like, "Oh, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me." Like, right. yeah, that absolutely was you, and this is insane that people are giving you a pass. And all he he got a little bit of heat, and then all he had to do was drop the remix to Ignition. And it was like somebody pulled out the little stick from Men in Black and was like, "Foom." The only place he's been trialed is on the Boondocks. Boondocks old girl was on the stand like, "It's R. Kelly. If I didn't want to get peed on, I would have moved." And then Riley yeah. in the background, "See, I told you." Yeah, there. That Dave Chappelle, Chappelle put him on blast. Yep. Dave Chappelle, like, you know, I'm gonna give you some poo poo, then I'm gonna give you some pee pee, yep. and we laugh, but no one's held this dude accountable, and he has a track record. Yeah, going back decades now. It's my remix. Start calling himself the Pod Piper. I'm like, wow, the Pod Popper was going away with your children when you didn't pay up. And that he's after your children. And so, yeah, the same community that stomached R. Kelly is now stomaching Chris Brown. Yeah, and when we say the same community, parts of the black community, we got man. I don't know what that. You can't circle the wagons around pedophiles and abusers and just any old body. Damn. Damn. So people want to believe in black excellence so much they're willing to protect people who don't deserve it. 
because they want to uphold an idea. Man. True. You know, it's like, and that's what, you know, if you look at, forget the Cuba Gooden Jr. joint they did on OJ. If you watch the ESPN 30 for 30, the story of OJ, that first episode where they contextualize what was happening in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. one of the things you realize is that when OJ was backed into that corner, he embraced blackness as a defense in a way that he hadn't embraced blackness in decades because he saw it as an opportunity. Yep. It wasn't authentic. Cuba Gooding Jr. show. Because they didn't set up the, they didn't set up Los Angeles properly. Mm -mm. Yeah. Like Mm -mm. you have to say, like there was more to it than just OJ. Like Mm -hmm. OJ was, was, was the, was the straw that broke the camel's back. OJ, Mm -hmm. that's what that was. And we all Mm -hmm. knew it. The black community knew it. Mm-hmm. And they rallied around him because they saw a man they believe is being unjustly railroaded by the system again. Right. And because this is what they had seen time and time again, you know, time and time again. Right. But in his mind, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Yeah. But when it became politically expedient to be black to save his life, he became black knowing that a community desperate for heroes would fight for him. And I feel like that gets weaponized against us as a community so often by flawed people who know that black folk wanting to believe in something will fight for them. So we prop up Nas, we prop up R. Kelly, we make excuses about why they're going through what they're going through. We explain away their flaws, and this is just people trying to tear the black man down. Whew. Man. Well, uh, Dre, real quick, Jay-Z and Beyonce dropped the album. <laughs> Maybe those ticket sales for On the Run will improve. I heard it smelled pretty well, though. I mean... Yeah, people are gonna go see Beyonce. Um, right, they're gonna see Beyonce. Though. Have you have you listened to the album? I listened to the album. Um, did, did Steve Stout drop it off at your house? Did you say Steve Stout? <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve Stout didn't come to my house. Um, I I heard the album. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. Hmm. Um, but I also don't usually like. J and B together. So there are songs on it I like. I don't like that ape shit song. I love the video. Yeah, I saw I the do. video. To, I didn't understand the uh, song, but I love the I love about the to live that life like Chris Rock. Every time you get in the car, it's me and my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't like the song because I don't like that sound. Yeah. But I like the the video is incredible. Especially putting like you know black beauty and you know next to all of these you know the Mona Lisa and you know David and all of that stuff I think that's like nice. some of that stuff is it's incredible yo the, I mean nice. I can't even wrap my mind there's certain things I can't wrap my mind around the amount of money it must take to make things happen so to rent out the loo and just be like yo we're doing a video in here yeah Mm-hmm. Because that includes the rights to those paintings. Mm-hmm. You used to have rights to artwork to do that. Oh, mm-hmm. wow! Right, 
You have to have the rights to the, every piece of artwork that you show. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, that's a different level of balling. Wow. Yeah. I mean, a different level of balling, man. When the solo movie dropped, um, Disney built a Millennium Falcon in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Like, tr- fuck traffic. You just got rerouted. <laughs> <laughs> dead in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard just sitting there for days on end it was blocked up like go around it was crazy as like the, the box for the movie wasn't strong but it was a good movie yeah, it's a good movie. it was a good movie like to me it's the second best thing they've done since they started making movies again but it's a distant second after Rogue One because Rogue One was just that gangster yeah it was yeah and the, the I'm doing air quotes. It wasn't strong by Disney Marvel standards. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't strong by blockbuster standards. But you right. know, Black Panther just changed the whole metrics. Yeah. Black Panther and Infinity War just changed all the metrics. Man. All right. Well, I know it's I know it's getting real late for y'all. Um, yeah. I haven't eaten. But uh, next up, the next time we reconvene will be for the battle log so brush up the that first round bdp epmd gangstar i've done my gangstar i was doing that and then i found out that um the epmd catalog that was tough to get through that entire thing and so i've just got bdp left and then i'll be all ready to uh Render some some verdicts, some votes. Uh, let's see. With that being said, uh, I think I think that's probably going to be it. I'll uh, throw that uh, thought at fifteen on the outro, and uh, nice. And y'all can check your inboxes for that money making jam boys for those listening. Money making yep. jam boys gotta be out there somewhere jam boy uh, magic mr fantastic <laughs> all right so all right so uh i appreciate it and uh yeah looking forward to that battle log no oh boy yeah that was that was that was my real um try to get melly mellow on that he's been he's been dying for it i mean yeah but he's he's got light he's married up now he's in a fraternity every time i look up he's throwing up signs or you know he's got, yo. a, whole, he's got a whole new life <laughs> so. yo that was that was that was wild man Shout that was so down. wild i did not see that coming i gotta find this there was one picture he took in front of a step and repeat where he's throwing the signs and got like a growl on his face he looks like he somebody should looks like freddie fox <laughs> Nice. Burn marks on his hips from the twin Glocks. Hey, the brother's brother's happy. He's been through a lot of changes, man. You know, married now, father now. Yeah, frat. So I'm gonna try and work it out because oh man, the battle log. The battle log has been like a year plus in the making. Yo, and I've I've seen other things, like I think it was maybe Ambrosia for heads or somebody. Where they're doing something similar, trying to determine like the the top rap duo of all time or something like that. Yeah, well. So we got to move on these ideas, man. You know, I keep saying if we'd have done this years ago, we could have been the Bodega Boys, man. Them dudes going from Viceland to Showtime. Jesus, Meryl. 
there is yes there's something for for these kind of discussions we're having but i'm i'm good at making things but i'm not good at marketing and selling things so yeah i'll create and the first thing you got to do is get an audience yeah and that's what they did man they went from a youtube joint to what you have now yeah but again there's an art to that yeah and (laughs) when you're working two full-time jobs ain't nobody got time to cultivate no underground following (laughs) dude i know man i know i know i know we need one go ahead but i told my wife years ago man it was funny because before I knew about the Bodega Boys before Bomani Jones was doing the right time. I told my wife, because this was after I got tenure, so this is like 2014. I told my wife, I was like, if I could do what I really wanted to do, it would be to have a show of some sort where we do politics, we do sports, we do race and society, and it would be me and my guys. I was like, that's what I want to do, but I'm like, we're scattered all over the country and it's really hard to pull people together. And if I did it, these are the people I'd want to do it with. That was four years ago. And then since then, I've seen the Bodega Boys. I've seen the Bomani Jones thing emerge. You know, I've seen the Undefeated get launched. And I'm like, all that stuff they're hitting it's stuff that we were doing on email in 98. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so could we have done that? Sure, we could. But we're also doing these other things. And that's what makes it hard. But the vision, the work, the template, we, we have all we, we could have generated the content. Yeah. We straight up could have did that. I mean, but the thing is, like, I, I, the term black creative to me is pretentious so i don't use it but mm-hmm. i'm just at the point where i get an idea for something and do it so if you go to the liberator right. as a matter of fact there is a, a stop motion video with uh the lando calrissian donald glover action figure doing the this nice. america and then blowing the nice. brains out of uncle sam so i just got the idea to do it and did it now Somebody's like, oh, you could market that, and then you could get it, and then you should talk to Adult Swim, and like, uh, who's got time for all that? I get an idea, I make it. If I get an idea for a dope t-shirt, I make it, and I take it to my guy down the street, and he prints it, and I wear it. And people are like, oh, shit, I like that. But that's where, you know, when I think about our guys, right, like people are in different places in their lives, they have different skills, and... When we leave it there, where you just create, you know, create it and just put it somewhere, somebody else will take it. Like one of the other things that I've seen is people will go on these Twitter threads and stuff like that. And I stopped having threads about important things because somebody will go through your thread, take your ideas, write something, get paid for it. And yep. you were the content generator and you got zero dollars. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, right. Right, like I, I am not doing that anymore. You know, I'm not doing that. It's like if I can't get coins, I'm not putting it out there. No more freestyle so, for you. Only pay styles. Only basic styles. Basically, because you know, mama need a house, baby needs some shoes. Yeah. 
And so we have to get more protective of our ideas. And I do think there's a space in the marketplace for this type of conversation. And the podcast is a beginning and it's fun and I enjoy doing it. But I also think if at some point we were to get serious about it, we have something on our hands. If we were to get more serious about it. I think it could be something. But see, then that that gets to a point where somebody has to. Then you have to market it because we would have to get on a consistent schedule and do it. Then you yep. have to get somebody to market it. Then yep. you have to get our legal team involved. And yep. <laughs> I mean, I just you know, like a you know what if what comes of it is what comes of it. I enjoy doing it. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I who know I I create things and. You know, I told Jalen, hey, you better not just sell this off cheap. You better hang on to this. Right. This is your your legacy. Right. (laughs) So, you know, this is it. But, uh, you know. Well, I'm just putting that out there to think about it because I know it's almost 2 a.m. And I'm be getting up in like five hours to get babies ready for daycare. Right. I'm, yeah, two hours. This is clocking at two hours and forty-three minutes, and I don't even know if I'll oh be able to goodness. upload that amount of. I might have to split this up. <laughs> so, yeah, break it up. Yeah, break it up. Break, break it up. up. Break it down. So, all right, y'all. all right, brethren. It's been real. Appreciate it. Be easy. All right. And you know, summertime schedule, so I'm more flexible. So let me know when you want to do this battle log. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, definitely. Coming up. All right, soon. guys. Peace, peace. All right, peace. The name of the brother to blame is quite plain, it's not the rain. But a brother who don't claim or aim to be a preacher or ordained, I have black thoughts. Therefore, my name's the same, no question. My ability in a studio facility as I utilize my God-given utility. On time, I get behind and push along a rhyme of mine, which I design with what the mind. Leave MCs blind with amnesia. Chop them in a salad and my name ain't Caesar. Think twice before you approach. Get benched by the coach like eggs your post. I wrote murder, so you can say it's murder. He wrote, you think I'm hell sent, so you repent to the Pope. Don't walk. When the sign says not to And don't talk when black thoughts about you When I say maestro and bro starts to play it If you got a rhyme in your mind then don't say it Save it for the weaker Pack a portable speaker And utilize the treads on your sneaker Take a sorry crew back and forget about rapping Forget you ever saw me and forget this ever happened Cause you might have nightmares of MCs being slain And I'll be to blame when you go insane